Hello and welcome to a bonus episode, episode 225 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The sprinters take centre stage on Friday at York's Ebor Festival meeting with Highfield Princess looking to defend her Nunthorpe Stakes crown over the flying five furlong trip. York Racecourse Chief Executive and Clark of the Course William Darby tells us all about the importance of this fast-paced Group 1 race. And City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdell is on hand to preview the best of Friday's top racing at York. Well, earlier on this week, I spoke to the Chief Executive at York Racecourse, William Darby, about the Ebor Festival, and he's been joining us every day this week. And today, we talk about the Nunthorpe Stakes and just how fast this race is run. Yeah, running under a minute, the Coolmore Wooden Bassett Nunthorpe is our, our flagship Group 1 race, the fastest race in, in our calendar, over a 1,000 metres. And um, what's fascinating about it is it's an all-age Group 1. So you get two-year-olds trying and entering the race and running in the race, taking on their oldest, and they get a huge weight advantage because they're only two. So something like £22, um, a horse called Big Evs, who won at Goodwood and Ascot, is coming to take on his olders in the race. Um, So last year's heroine, local heroine, Highfield Princess, who won the race as part of a three-group one sequence, winning sequence. She's coming back to race in it. Um, And... You know, there there are loads of loads of really fast horses in the race. Bradsall won the fastest race at Royal Ascot for Archie Watson. He's coming and dramatising regional for the home county. So you know, it should be should be a, a over in a minute. Should be a a blistering pace and um, be fascinating to see how the two year old Big Evs gets on against his olders. Yeah, they, you mentioned a couple of uh, Royal Ascot winners there, Bradsall and Big Evs, who was supplemented. The owners really going for it, which is great to see, isn't it? That they, they're, you know, they want to do that. They want to be with the best. I know when you speak to Aidan O'Brien, he always says, you, you know, we want to face the best. We don't want an easy race. We want our horses running against the best to, sh- to show how good they are. But how important is this? You know, we got Highfield Princess. She won it last year. Batash won it twice. Mecca's Angel won it twice in a row. You know, it's a Yorkshire trained horse, isn't it? That would be so important. Lots of Yorkshire trainers really do target the Ebor meeting, certainly for the handicaps. But to have a Group 1 winner, that would be marvellous again for you, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you, you know, the Yorkshire trainers, there's a real strength in training across the county. There's something like 100 trainers in Yorkshire. And they're competing really well at the top table of races. Um, Perhaps don't get the ammunition that some of the yards get. And and they do when they get a good one, they do incredibly well. So as you say, John Quinn training Highfield Princess and 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 um, regional and dramatised coming from Midland, which is about forty minutes from the racecourse. Um, Fred Bethel and and Carl Burke. So so and Art Power of course for Tim Easterby. So you know a real strong home county challenge taking on the best from Ireland and and from down south. So so it's a real melting pot. And as you say, we've had some some of the most amazing horses win the race. Batash just was blistering place and lowered the track record at York. And and Dejour going back in the day and Oasis Dream. You know, it's got a it's got a good great pedigree as a race of the best of the best in 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 
the European racing, who then go on to run at the Breeders' Cup in in America in in November. So um, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fabulous race and a great as part of a, what looks like a wonderful crowd on on Ebor Friday on this Friday, the twenty fifth of August. It looks we've got the Weatherby's Hamilton Lonsdale, which is a long distance race, which has got the Gold Cup winner coming and the the Goodwood Cup winner. Um, you know, who who slipped the field. So, you know, it should be should be great fun and, and a great day's racing. And, and the connection between yourself and the Breeders' Cup, you know, winners go and qualify. And that cup could be worth a lot of money going over there, of course. Yeah, the Breeders' Cup and our global connections generally are hugely important to, to us as a racetrack and something we work really hard on. The three group ones all get an automatic entry into the Breeders' Cup. The Jump International is the only international European race that goes into the Breeders' Cup Classic, the biggest race in America. And we've also, this year, for the first time, we're a, the Skybet Ebor is a, is a winning you're in for the Melbourne Lexus Melbourne Cup, the biggest handicap in Australia. Um, and also the Jump International feeds into the to the Cox Plate, the best race in Australia. So so those global connections with Japan and Hong Kong and America and Australia are really important to us as, our, as the horses who perform well at York then go on to the worldwide global races in our autumn. So there's York Chief Executive William Darby talking about Friday's action at the Ebor Festival, the Nunthorpe, obviously, big race of the day. It doesn't take long to run, Bill, does it? Under a minute to get it uh, completed. But we've seen some great performances over the years in that uh, sprint race. It's a really good race, isn't it? Oh, a terrific race. Always is a is a great race, the Nunthorpe. And, you know, Highfield Princess is going to be really hard to beat again this year. Um, but it's as, it's as good as race as always. And it's got the added um, excitement having... Big Ebbs in there, a two-year-old getting chunks of weight. So um, they mm. won't be hanging about. That's the only certainty. <laughs> That's for sure. We won't be running alongside with a mobile camera filming <laughs> that. Um, let's have a look at Friday's action then. And we start at one fifty once again on Friday at York. We must say we record this on Wednesday afternoon. So we've uh, only seen a couple of races from York so far. Uh, but um, they're expecting, I think, a shower or two over on Friday. I don't think that's going to really change the ground too much. Maybe make it a bit more on, on the good side of good to firm. Maybe take the firm description out of it. But the 150, it's a mile and a half. It's a heritage handicap, the Skybet handicap. Hopefully 15 will go to post in this one. We've got the likes of balanced play for Ray Beckett, who's won his last two races at Chester and at Goodwood, two totally different courses. Uh, in Tinsel goes for the Gostons, not one since debut back in October. And Wotton's son, who was a uh, short head behind Scampi and Sugar Cup Day, having previously won the old Newton Cup up at Haydock for Richard Fahey. And that's going to be Paul Hannigan's final race. He's retiring after riding Wotton's son on Friday. He announced that on the Wednesday afternoon. So it's going to be... Uh, Lots of tears and and cheers. Hopefully, he can go out with, with a with a winner. As, as he's got a decent chance on Wharton Sun, hasn't he, Bill? Yeah, he's definitely. You know, he's a, he's a great uh, you know two time champion jockey. Um, ridden some greats along the time along along the way. Was retained by Hamden Amatoon. Um, look, he's done. 
he's had a remarkable career, but you know, his injury has kind of caught up with him. He's free freelance now and just not getting the rides. And and as he said on his TV interview with the retirement, he's been battling with injury and you know, he's only got a couple of rides on the opening day of the meeting and then that's it and comes back for one last ride with his old boss, Richard Fahey. So that's obviously been primed. Um, but the bookies know that now and that price is gone. I mean, Wooden Sun was definitely one in, in my kind of, on my shortlist and this definitely has to be included in any kind of Quinella play on, on the race. But um, he's going to be five, six to one now because it's, you know, everyone thinks it's it's been laid out for him for his final retirement ride. And it'd be great to see him go out and win it. And <laughs> he's got a very, very good chance. Um, but he meets a fast, rapidly improving horse of Rafe Beckett's here, balanced play, who won't mind any rain if that were to come. I mean, he's pretty versatile ground wise. Um, just as improving with every run. So, you know, a good second at Salisbury, first time out this campaign. Um, then was kind of a, a bit of an eye catcher were made out um, a fair amount of ground late on on fast ground on Derby Day um, behind Torito and, and Silver Sword. That was a good run. It marked him out as a surefire winner of the future and that he was at Chester. He came out and got the job done uh, back end of June and then was a good winner at uh, Goodwood um, over a mile and three. Step forward again on rain softened ground. <laughs> we'll definitely want this step up to mile and a half. Handicappers had his say. Whacked him up another seven pounds, but it doesn't look like that's enough to stop him necessarily. I think he's a fast improving three-year-old that's going to take some whacking in in this race. Um, he's the most likely winner for me. He's 92 with William Hill. Um, I think that's fair enough. From a Whirlpool kind of Quinella perspective, um, boringly, I think it's the top lot of the head of the market. I think it's balanced play. I think it's Wood and Sun. And then there's the lightly raised Gosden horse down the bottom, Intenzo, who Holly Doyle rides. Um, who was, you know, a really good eye-catching third at Ascot on Shergar Cup Day um, behind Struth and Regal Empire. Um, that was up to a mile and a half. That that triple suit um, back on a sounder surface, that will probably help too. Probably going to be bound in, bang in the mix um, with Wooden Sun, who was the other one I mentioned, who who also ran second in the, the uh, mile and a half race. Um, uh, at, at um, Ascot on Sugar Cup Day, so look, these these are are three really progressive horses. I think they'll fight out the finish. I'm going to go uh, for Rave's horse, Balanced Play as the selection. But from a Cornella point of view, I'm going to shove the three of them together. Quite boring, but I think they're three clear cut chances in, in uh, what on paper looks competitive. At two twenty five, it's the Lonsdale Cup, so Group Two, and the small field here, two miles half a furlong. Uh, we got Quickthorn back in action. For Huey Morris and Tom Marquand, incredible performance when winning the Goodwood Cup uh, on the 1st of August. And not too much different before that at York, winning the Ebor Grand Cup Stakes Allistic Contest at York in June. Just led from the front, but they let him go. We'll see if we're going to let him go this time. They can't possibly can. It's a good race, though. We've got Coltrane in there for Andrew Balding, who was six lengths behind Quickthorne at Goodwood, having been second behind. Courage Mon Ami at uh, Royal Ascot. Courage Mon Ami's back in for some more as well. He'll appreciate the ground if it stays firm. Didn't do so well behind Quickthorn and Goodwood, but nobody did, did they? They just let him go. Same goes for uh, Giovellato, for Marco Botti's in there. Broom, the ever the constant broom seems to turn up for these big races for Aidan O'Brien. A couple of others as well. They're not going to let Quickthorn go off again, are they? Surely they've learnt their lesson. Well, it's a difficult one because, um, as they say, who's going to mark him? 
like a football expression. He's going to go with him because the tapes will go up and stalls will open and he'll go forward. And he's going to hurry to stay with him because Corishman and me wants to be put to sleep. Broom, we know, wants to be put to sleep. Coltrane is prominent, but doesn't really go hard to chase. Um, Giovanotto wants to be put to sleep. And Nate of the Greats, the uh, stable mate of, um, of uh, Coltrane, will want to be put to sleep. And River of Stars is uh, Rafe's, Beckett's three-year-old, four-year-old that runs in the race. Has, you know, traditionally always kind of been, you know, prominent, but not necessarily a... Um, a front runner on a first try at two miles. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a head scratcher because <laughs> you think they won't let lightning strike twice or third time. Um, they might have to because a quickthorn's going to get loose on the lead again. Um, and it's just a case of whether the penalty can stop him. He's got nine eight. This has got three pound penalty along with Courage Monami. So that's why the bookies have got Coltrane as favourite um, with Nine Stone Nine Stone Five. Um, Oh, it's really hard. I, you know, you'd like to think that the obvious doesn't happen again, but it probably will. I found this race very hard from a betting point of view. Um, the one I think is overpriced or will run well is Gio Velotto, Marco Botti's horse. Um, this is a horse that wants a galloping track um, like, like York. It's perfect for, for him. And if the ground stays quick, um, his two best performances of his career have come on, on the fastest ground he's encountered at Newmarket um, last summer when he when he won over a mile and six on fast ground. And then at York here when he beat Elder Elderoff in the Yorkshire Cup over a mile and six. I think he stays two miles. I think he gallops all day. Um, conditions of the race and the way it was run didn't suit him at Goodwood last time. I just think around seven, eight to one. I think he's the one I want to be with. Um, fast, improving four-year-old. Um Look, the, the obvious three, Corish Monami, Quickthorn and Coltrane. Um they're gonna they're gonna run their usual good race, but um I will probably just play uh a, a at sevens or eights. I, I play him kind of win and place each way. Um and then I'll probably just throw him in in a Quinella with Quickthorn, just in case he's the one to close down Quickthorn if he gets loose on the lead. But no, Giovaletto, small, small play because I think he'll outrun his odds in a in a wide open um renewal. We've got another group two at three o'clock. It's the Jim Crack over six furlongs, field of 10. The likes of Killian comes here for Carl Burke, having won two races. Johannes Brahms comes over from Ireland for Aidan O'Brien. He, he's won one of his two, was second at Royal Ascot in the Windsor Castle behind Big Ebbs. So that would be interesting to see how he performs ahead of the Nunthorpe. And Hartem, who I know you've liked, he was behind City of Troy, in that uh, great performance that the Aidan O'Brien horse did at Newmarket on July Cup Day. And then he came out of Goodwood. as uh, I think you tipped him up to win the vintage in the Group 2, and he did win uh, as 9-4 to four favourite, won by a length. King's Gambles won his only race for Ray Beckett. But uh, Hartem is a likeable horse. Yeah, he is a, a very likeable horse, and I can see him going going well here. Um Killing is not Killian is the is the one to beat here. Um, very much caught the eye behind Big Evs. Um, good, but last time has really got his act together for Carl Burke. Um, you know, after kind of learning along the job at, here at York first time up, and then at Carlisle was good at Newcastle. Was breathtaking at Sandown back in July, and then just went down a bit unlucky over five on, on ground that would have probably been too soft. Um, a good, but when flying late on with Ryan Moore took the ride behind Big Evs. Um, nowhere to go, um, trying to squeeze up the inner. Um, flatter track, back to York. 
back on better ground, six furlongs. Yeah, very, very strong on Killian. I think he's going to take the take a lot of beating here. He's nine to four. Um, the presence of Johan Brahms is the the head scratcher because with these O'Brien horses, we've just seen the the two-year-old race at the Acom here at, at York for, for the, on the first day, and he had a horse that was seven to two, four to one, and went off thirteen to one on the exchanges and finished last. So you don't quite know. Johan Brahms has a bit of reputation. He was uh, second to Big Eve's uh, Ascot, but wasn't really mowing him down. Um, that day in the Winter Castle when he was favourite for that race. Um, look, he was first in his group that day. He's probably a, a smart type. Um, I'm just I'm just keen to take him on with Killian. I was so impressed with Killian at Sandown, and I just think he's a very, very smart two-year-old that will have conditions in his favour. Um, from a Quinella point of view, I'd be brave enough to leave Johan Brahms out and probably just leave Hartem in. He's around eight to one, but Killian, the main selection there. Feature race, of course, on Friday, 3.35, the five furlong Coolmore Wooden Bassett, Nunthorpe Stakes, Group 1, part of the British Champion Series. Hopefully 16 will go to post for this to really uh, set the, the flavours going. Highfield Princess, she comes back to try and win it for second time in a row for John Quinn and Jason Hart. She's been nothing uh, but fantastic. She was uh, behind Bradsland, Ascot, behind Cardham. And then at Ascot uh, as well in, in the group one, she went over uh, and won at Goodwood in the King George Qatar Stakes by three lengths. Decisive victory for her. Bradsell's back again for Archie Watson. And you mentioned, well, we'll mention regional as well, local train. Ed Bethel, regional has been in good form with two wins. But big ebbs for Mick Appleby. He's got Andrea Ancini on board. He's got eight stone three as a two-year-old. One is... Uh, Two races. He won at the Windsor Castle at 20 to 1. And then he won at Goodwood as well. He won the Malcolm, the Group 3, going off 9 to 4 joint favourite to win that. He's by Blue Point. He's been a terrific sire of two year olds. The weight allowance for these two year olds in the Nunthorpe Bill is quite incredible. 8 3 for Big Ebbs. Highfield Princess, 9 10. Bradsell, 9 11. What chances Mick Appleby got getting? Another group one winner, do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, we're going back to kind of, um, well, I think it'd be his first group one winner for Mick Appleby, but um, I think it, it hugely deserves it. They get it. I mean, you go back to Kingsgate Native in 2007. He was the, he was the, the last two-year-old to get this done. Um, they do get loads of weight. He's very, very fast, but this is a different kind of, different game. Um, the... It's a it's a head scratcher for me because I'd love to see Big Evs win, and it's a question of head and heart. My heart would love to see him win, um, just for Mick and Johnny, because I think it's it's so richly deserved if they can get a Group One winner. Uh, it's just a feeling of of the way it's going to be run. There's loads of paces you'd imagine in this, and Big Evs is they've got to play in that way. His his speed is his his biggest asset, and there's no point holding on to him. So you might as well shoot and you know if you watch a replay of last year's race um there's a there's a sense of deja vu in here because highfield princess um was brilliant i thought it was her best performance last year but she was chasing a very fast two-year-old the platinum queen yeah. and got a lovely lead and stalked her on the bridle and it was just a question of when he when he when she pressed the button and went past the platinum queen which she did and won pretty easily um 
I think Big Ebbs is cut from a similar cloth, very speedy two-year-old, maybe even faster. Um, but it, there's just a sense of whether Big Ebbs goes too hard and whether Highfield Princess can can pick up late on. Bradsell's in the mix. The Kingstown winner, you know, selected. We selected Bradsell on on this podcast. Um, you know, another strong traveller. Probably those two will be doing the stalking behind Big Ebbs. Um, but there's other other speed in the race, living the dreams quick and the quality's quick and, you know, T-Spirit can go forward. There's lots of pace. Um, and I just feel from a betting point of view, um, the horse I think is most overpriced is Cardem. Um, Charlie Hills is runner who, um, it's a bit long in the tooth Cardem, but the attractive thing about Cardem fourth in this race 12 months ago is she, he seems to be in better form than he was 12 months ago. Um, came here on the back of a surprise win um, at Ascot in the in the QE2 to the Jubilee Stakes. Um, and then was fifth to Shaquille uh, in the July Cup when kind of denied a run late on. If you watch that, it was only beaten three lengths, but the door slammed on him late on. And um, Jamie Spencer will be able to play this very, very cool. And I've just got a feeling they're going to get racing a long way out. Mm-hmm. And it really wouldn't surprise me if Cardem came and caused another big shock here at 25 to 1. Um, so from a betting perspective, um, I think Highfield Princess will probably win, but I don't want to necessarily back out at 6 to 4. Um, I think there'll be a massive pace kind of collapse late on. Um, and the obvious beneficiary of that will be Highfield Princess. But I've just got a feeling Cardem will get um, himself in the mix. So I'm going to back Cardem each way at 25s. And from a Whirlpool Quinella perspective, I'm going to play Highfield Princess with Brad Saul and Cardem. Could be a great Nunthorpe. Looking forward to it. Certainly, uh, it's going to be who's going to catch the ones out in front. And there's a few in with a chance of doing that. And uh, Highfield Princess, none more so than her, who's just so reliable and consistent. We uh, look forward to the Nunthorpe on Friday. Final TV race on Friday is at 4.10. It's a mile and a quarter, slightly extended. Heritage handicap for the Phillies with a field of 12. Rawea goes for Owen Burroughs. What a trainer he is. Uh, he, he always seems to get him ready. He doesn't have an awful lot of horses. This is another Shadwell horse, a daughter of Dubawi, who was third at Goodwood in the uh, handicap there, having won a couple of races before that. Serona goes for Charlie Johnson's book, Ryan Moore to ride this one. Amonzo goes for William Haggis and La Sinte comes over from Ireland for Jessica Harrington with others in there as well. How did you see the 410? Well this is a a, a really good race and we you know we haven't seen Amazo since finishing second in this twelve months ago. So talk about being kept fresh. Obviously had um her fair share of problems but she's back a year on um in a race that she won twelve months ago. Um favourite here will be Rawaya. Uh, Owen Burroughs is Philly, who um, wasn't beaten far uh, a good with last time in 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 the mud. Had previously been pretty good at Sandown. Um, but she's by Tavari. She's really well bred. She probably liked the step up in trip. Um, she's a, she just looks a smart Philly um, off a pretty good mark. You've just got a feeling that mark in the eighties is 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 something she she just ain't a Philly in the eighties. She's going to get better and better, and uh, she's been well supported in recent. Days and she's around eleven or four. She was a lot bigger than that early in the week, but I totally see see her as 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 the kind of win play here. Um, and from a Cornella perspective, um, I'm going to chuck in Jesse Harrington's 
Lanzinte, who who did well to win last time. Um, I'm not, she's not guaranteed to stay, but she's in form, pretty tough. Um, and I think she's probably worth a, uh, including a Cornella from a Cornella point of view, um, just because of her price. And, and I think she can get herself in the mix, as will Chelsea Green, um, who did follow us. We back, we tipped her up. She was successful on this podcast on in, in Newmarket back in May. Um, she actually ran quite well uh, last time in Vichy in the listed race when she was third. Um, she kept on pretty well. Looked like she gets further than this. And I think she's a filly still on the the upgrade and. Um, she's only six pounds higher than when she won at Newmarket, and I think the step up a trip will play in her favour for Hugo Palmer. Um, so I'm going to play those three in a Quinella. So it'll be Rewire, Chelsea Green, and La Quinta in a Quinella, with the main selection being Rewire. Uh, it's Whirlpool Day on Friday. It's their final day of the Ebor Festival for Whirlpool. So two more races, Bill, 4.45 and 5.15. The 4.45 is a maiden. It's worth £100,000. Not bad, is it? Over seven furlongs. And then the 5.15 is a mile uh, handicap, a heritage handicap, with around about 12 going to post in that. Anything you like in the final two races? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. Probably stick with the with the Hugo Palmer theme here, the Golden Horn Sun Under the Sun, um, who was second at Ascot last time, just touched off by Al Musmack um, back in July. That that looks pretty solid form, probably the best on offer here. Uh, Battle Crabby favourite uh, in that, but I, I just preferred the chances of Under the Sun. I think just looks a ready-made winner, seven to two. It's not not a huge price, but I think can go well. Um, look, it's the it's the richest maiden on the on the British calendar, I think. So there's a few newcomers to look out for um, in the market um, if if the money comes for them. Um, Neil Callan rides a newcomer for Kevin Ryan called Sisvian, um, who's a, a son of Jabarway that could be. Could be anything. Um, look, it's around twenty-five to one now. It could be a, be a lot shorter, but yeah, tread carefully there. But I like I like under the sun in the penultimate race, and then the last race uh, on the card is a, a particularly trappy um, mile handicap. Um, if you haven't backed a winner at this point, it might be best to put the cue back in the rack, <laughs> as they say. Enjafar, um, it will be favourite here. Um, he's fluffed. Fluffed um, his lines a bit last time. He, he was unbeaten. He'd won at Newmarket first up and then won at Chelmsford um, and then was disappointing uh, in the jersey uh, over seven furlongs um, back in Ascot. Probably better than he showed that day, but he's going to be a, a warmish price favourite and I'm not sure I'd be in a hurry um, to support him. Um, he's got a bit of a squiggle next to his name, as has Tafridge, who... I've, I thought it was a bit disappointing in Newmarket in that mile race last time. I think everything was in his favour, and um, look, he, he didn't get the clearest of runs. But I thought he just was just a bit soft in the finish. So the two there, I wouldn't be um, wouldn't be afraid to take on those two. Um, English Oak is interesting. Um, probably would definitely have include that in terms of a Cornell if I was playing on the race. I um, just had the three runs, but I'm always interested when Ed Walker books Ryan Moore. Um, for this one is is probably off a off a fair mark. Um I think that can go well. And the other one to include, so I'm gonna include English Oak. The other one at a bigger price is Silver Sword, um, who was split to Rito and Balance Play, which is very good form with Epsom on fast ground back in June. 
um, over a mile and a quarter. I got stuck in the mud last time at Goodwood, but back on fast ground. Um, over a mile from the front, stay out of trouble. Good front runner's track. I thought Silver Sword was probably the way to play the last. So I'd probably play Silver Sword each way at 11 to 1 and probably bung him in a Quinella with English Oak and hope for the best. So it's the Nunthorpe on Friday as we look forward to the sprinters out in action for under a minute of excitement on the Knaves Mine. We look forward to that. Thanks to Bill for his preview and thanks to William Darby for joining us as our guest on today's podcast, which uh, brings up the episode for today. We'll be back again on Friday with our usual weekend look ahead to racing in the UK. So please make sure that you join us then, if you can, for Friday's regular weekend edition. And don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips. You can follow the podcast as well on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Under a minute for the Nunthorpe. Enjoy it later on. Bye for now. (laughs) 